Welcome to my basement, everybody. We've got a great episode planned for you today. Brian Tong is here. You know him from his YouTube work. You've also seen him on CNET and CBS and all kinds of cool video hosting that he has done. He's an incredible host. And he has also got uh, a lot of awesome access to Apple, which should be a nice big hint about what we're going to talk about today. Another big hint is the fact that my longtime friend Nick Rosa is joining us. And let me get his title correct. He is uh, at Accenture, and he is the Metaverse Strategy Lead for Europe and Growth Markets. He has worked in the technology sector for a long time, worked at Google and Spotify, IBM and Yahoo. Uh, he's written a book, and it's uh, like way more businessy than our, we usually cover on Electric Playground, uh, but it's Understanding the Metaverse of Business and Ethical Guide. And uh, today's discussion is about the Apple Vision Pro, which was just released yeah. and, or just announced. And they had a big event at the spaceship at, uh, at Apple headquarters. And Brian Tong was there. And Nick was uh, sending me messages uh, about the, the Apple Vision Pro. And he had a whole bunch of predictions, which you can read online if you do a little research into Nick's work there. Um, and then I thought, you know what? I got to get these two guys together. I've known Brian for a long time. We bump into each other at events. We just saw each other at Summer Game Fest. But you guys, Brian, you're not necessarily a huge VR. Like, you don't cover everything in the VR space. You've played around with it, but it's not your your main beat, right? Yeah, I mean, I own multiple headsets, Quest 2, PSVR, PSVR 2, uh, Quest okay. 1. But, but, but I'm not... I don't intimately cover specifically the VR space, right? I cover gen more just consumer technology, you know, phones, tablets, speakers, TVs, VR. Um, so obviously I, I'm exposed to a lot, but I'm not like dedicated to VR. And so, but, but, you know, I've definitely been able to get my hands on a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the way that I am too. And I, I'm a huge enthusiast of it, but I don't specialize in it mostly because there's so many things happening across the whole spectrum that are just fun to talk about. But Nick, your focus over the last several years has been very much in this mixed reality space. I should also say you you Correct. host your own podcast, the Field of View podcast, yeah. uh, which really <laughs> dives into all of this as well, which is really cool. What drew you to mixed reality and VR and AR technologies? It's a convergence of passion, Victor. As you know, I've been a long time fan of gaming and all things uh, digital entertainment yep. uh, we connected that's how we met by the way more 20, than 20 20 <laughs> years ago oh my god i feel yes. so old yeah. Um, yeah. but you know um i i worked in the video game space uh, i was a video game journalist for about seven years on one of the most important video game magazines in italy called the games machine uh, this when i was a teenager uh, I worked for a company called Atari that at the time uh, was the Amphogram that changed its name into Atari after they uh, acquired the rights from Hasbro. So we were distributing games like Unreal Tournament or Sonic Adventure. And uh, it was we were distributing the Dreamcast officially in Italy as well. It was very interesting time. Wow. Uh, and then I worked in the broadcasting and digital space for 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 quite a while, including also mobile. And when uh, uh, the Oculus Kickstarter um, was online, I saw all of my passion, video games, digital entertainment, broadcasting, all everything coming together, mobile, everything coming together. So I decided to switch my career from uh, digital strategy to full 
immersive extended reality and metaverse right now, which is whole hip strategy. Uh, and I've been working at Accenture on this topic for the last five years and before even at IBM, where I was leading uh, uh, the mobile team for media entertainment in Europe, the, the strategy for digital transformation. So it's a pleasure being here. And it's a, a dream come true. Finally, we can we can have something together uh, on your podcast. We had already an, an episode on my podcast as well. Yeah, no, this is wonderful. And I, I really wanted to get you two guys together because I know that there's going to be a lot of intersection. Uh, but th this is kind of, I, I think we all can agree, this is kind of a pivot point for the concept of augmented reality and this technology in general. When Apple enters the space, the dialogue changes. And th that's wholly because of their history and how they've done it again and again. Even if they don't invent a category, they invent success in that category. Brian, you've, or you're the only one out of us three so far that has actually put this thing on your head and played with it. Why don't you take us through the 30-minute demo that, that uh, Apple gave you? Well, I mean, no, just to touch on touch on your point earlier, you're you're 100% right. I mean, right before I was at Apple's event where they announced the Apple Vision Pro, I was at AWE uh, 2023, which is a mixed reality conference here in the US where all the big brands that have, you know, whether they're augmented reality glasses, tabletop, software, hardware, meta, everyone you can think of, Snapdragon, Qualcomm, they're all there. And, you know, this is before Apple announced it. And I asked around to all the different booths, like, how do you feel about this? I wasn't saying, are you scared of Apple? Because no, but I just asked, yeah. how do you feel about Apple coming out with it? And everyone was genuinely excited. They're like, yeah, they welcomed yeah. them with open arms. They all said, this is going to help us all. There's going to be more attention in the space. The general consumer who has been intimidated by VR, XR, AR, the whole, the whole shebang will at least now... Apple makes it a little more digestible just because it's Apple. They have that marketing muscle to be able to kind yeah. of like push narrative um, and kind of direct consumers to technology that has been there for a while. Let's yeah. right, but hasn't been hasn't had the eyeballs on it. So, you know, I went to this demo. Um, Apple built a specific building on campus just for this demo. It was like oh, this wow. huge. It was oh like God. this utopian utopian white rectangle. Okay, yeah, and it has yeah. this opening it actually kind of reminded me of a building that you might have you might see in dune but it's like instead of it cement and gray it's, it's white <laughs> that's awesome and then as you look at from a distance right it's a big rectangle in the center is a smaller rectangle where there's this like really nice lounge lobby and then there were roughly if i recall either four to six side rooms that you would go into to do this demo now the demo is very controlled apple's only going to show you what they want to show you initially um mm -hmm. but you sit down, the headset is right there. Um, really quickly before the setup, they had us do things like we did a uh, similar to a face ID scan so that they they have different size, um, kind of like, I don't want to call it a face shield, but you know, the apparatus that goes to kind of seal off the light, um, face mask or that that, el that element of a VR headset. They yeah. scanned your face to get the proper, at least rough size. They also did a, had us turn left or right to measure 3D scan our ears to give us the best spatial audio based on their algorithms. Um, a lot right, of other right. headphone companies have done this. And then if yeah. you wore glasses, you had to go through an eye test um, because they they have made specific lenses, at least to rub whether you're nearsighted, farsighted, or what your vision might be. Uh, this is an adaptable system. So we go through those three steps first. I don't wear glasses, so I didn't need to. And they just had the headset there. And um, I mean, it, it's, it's a very polished product. From all the videos you see, the ID on it is really elegant, um, you know, mm -hmm. compared to anything that's out there. It's not as necessarily as bulky, but I can tell you that it weighs, at least on my head, 
It's a little over a pound, which is exactly how much something like the Quest 2 weighs. Uh, the PSVR 2, I think, is a little heavier than the Quest 2. Um, so you definitely feel the weight on it. I think the big thing that I took away from it before we get to the experience is that the way that the weight is distributed, because it's just a strap on the back, and then there is an overhead strap, but a lot of these that have kind of like a counterweight in the back because there's battery in there, it allows yeah. the front to not be as heavy. And mm. specifically the Apple Vision Pro, it is a pre-production. They got six, nine months to go. You can feel it here. You you feel the weight um, and it's a little stronger compared to- Did you have the overhead strap thing and you can still feel it? Yeah, the overhead strap helps. It helps. Okay. But okay. the way the weight is distributed- Because there's still no very other weight. Heavy. Yeah, it's all right there. Yeah. It's very, yeah. so it didn't make it super uncomfortable. But if they're trying to convince us like, Apple's pitch to everyone right now is that this is a, they don't say they never use the word augmented reality, I know. virtual reality, mixed right. reality, metaverse. Those words are not in their dictionary. Even when I talk <laughs> to the reps before going in, I'm like, yeah, this is a really cool augmented reality experience. And they're like spatial computing. And then I, we, both right. laugh. <laughs> we both laugh. We both laugh because, um, you know, I don't know how much you want me to keep on talking. I think you should interject whenever, because I could talk about this for days, but they pitch it as a spatial computer, which is one of the features they showed. And they didn't show it too much, but it might arguably be one of the most compelling. And then also entertainment experiences. Um, th those were really the two main parts uh, th that they really showed us. But I will tell you that based on using any heads that I have, they use eye motion tracking, which the PSVR 2 has and is very, yeah. very, very good and accurate. But yeah. PSVR yeah. 2 only uses it in like a few menus of Horizon yeah. Call, of the, uh, Call of the Mountain. Uh, it's yeah. not used through the operating system at all. It's just a few mo moments where you actually go, oh, it really does work very well. Apple's is in t the entire control and the the UI and user experience is all eye tracking and then just a quick pinch with your two fingers. You can use your right hand, your left hand, you can hold it high, you can hold it low, you can hold the side. It detects it. It was like 98, 99% accurate when I missed a pinch. I It almost surprised me, but it is so intuitive and so easy and so accurate someone like my mama, who's not going to be putting on a headset anytime soon, would be able to yeah. easily navigate this. And I think that and the fidelity of this display, which is like a video projection of the outside world coming in, it is cl the cleanest thing we've ever seen. I've not seen the Varjo uh, you know, connected to a PC, but this is a standalone headset not connected to a PC. There's right. nothing, The fidelity will blow you away. There's I've never seen oh, anything man. like it, and I've tried on every headset except the Varjo, so... I can't wait to try this. Nick, what, what did you think when you saw Apple's presentation? W were you looking at the future or was it less than you expected? What, what did you what did you think? Okay. Uh, what I was thinking is that there's no way back, right. um, which is basically uh, what everybody in the industry was waiting for. Uh, everybody was scared about what happened in the 80s. We remember virtuality running on Amiga 3000 and virtual yep, reality yep. was everywhere. Johnny Mnemonic and we had this boom. And then, Dude, I was at E395 and Atari had the damn Atari Jaguar <laughs> VR. <laughs> which, I mean, which I purchased my first VR horrible. headset when I was 19, was the VFX one from Forte Technologies. I remember that oh, I wow. used to connect it with a Visa connector to my video card. Uh, so, uh, I mean, everybody finally took uh, a sigh of relief from the fact that there's mm -hmm. no way back. Once Apple launches a product, uh, easier to stay. Uh, the second thing, which is also in my prediction, and if you go on my LinkedIn profile, if you search in my post, you can see those seven predictions for the WWDC post that I, I posted 
literally like an hour before WWDC, uh, it looks a hell of a lot like a software development kit. It um, does, yeah. It's it's an augmented reality software development kit masked as a virtual reality pair of glasses. Mm. And the interesting thing is that even in the looks, uh, when you see the uh, front panel that uh, shows your eyes, uh, it, it's it's literally designed to look and feel like a headset and you're there present and is designed for pass-through experiences. I tried the Vario uh, and it's absolutely incredible, especially right now with the new iteration because they have a, um, a cloud render facility that is able to do ray trace the graphics uh, uh, with the high complex polygons and broadcast everything in real time to the headset is incredible. Is a it is Who makes this next one? generation. Avario is a, a company from uh, Finland, uh, okay. and they do super high hand headsets that are um, the, the 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 crispest image that you can get. Is uh, over rating on display. While right, the Vision right, right. Pro is not resonating on display. Okay. So, right. uh, Vario, right. when you put on a Vario, it looks like you have glasses on. So it's like a window mm. that goes through. Uh, while instead, uh, with, with, uh, um, the Apple one, obviously it's something that's, you're going to have some sort of, a um, uh, a screen door effect as they call it. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the second thing that I noticed is that is a very, um, we said that metaverse hasn't been mentioned. Mm -hmm. And as you know, uh, by definition, the metaverse, uh, uh, if you if you are a little bit passionate about this kind of topic, and if you read the book from Matthew Ball and so on, which is a, a luminary in the in the field, you know that is a, a multi-user, hyper-scaled, uh, multiplayer, hyper-synchronous world uh, that allows you to move from one experience to the other. It's an infrastructure that allows you to experience uh, 3D worlds and moving from one 3D world to the other, bringing your identity, your items, and your currency with you. This is obviously right. uh, uh, the, the vision. Uh, the, the, what, what has been presented by Apple is a man on a couch or a girl on a couch in many, in many right. of, the, of, the, of the videos. So it's a very solitary experience, a very um, personal experience. So I haven't yes. seen anything that is related to connecting to other people, which is also very interesting because it clashes directly with the vision that Meta has right now. Meta entered and purchased Oculus for $2 billion in cash in order to create the, the next generation of a social media platform to connect people while Apple right here is creating a, a, an experience that is deeply personal and is a new computing platform. And like a personal computer that can be used to connect with other people and have a, a call like the one that we're having right now can be used for other things that are mostly solitary, uh, playing games and so on. And, and this brings to other developments, but I don't want to consume all the time. I know that you have may have other, other questions, but basically these two were the main the main things that came to my mind. So it's, uh, it's the fact that there's no way back uh, is the fact that uh, uh, is a very mm. solitary experience. Oh, sorry, three. And it's the fact that is a, uh, looks a hell of a lot like an, a software development kit for augmented reality from my point of view. Yeah. I mean, that price, Brian is, uh, you know, definitely an off-putting thing. Everybody's talking about it and in, in terms of price and looking at it from price, but I think we can all see that, why it was announced at WWDC was to 
get developers to kind of think that this is coming. And I think to Nick's point about its solitary qualities, perhaps Apple, I mean, they've got the privacy concerns and they've got the um, overwhelming tech concerns. They never like to present tech as, as a, you know, like it's, it's too much for people. They don't, they don't dive into, they don't usually even reveal too much about their specs in any of their products. Did you get a sense from the development community? Did you get to interview any of the developers or talk to people that might be interested in making apps and content for this device? Did you hear from any of those people at all, Brian? So, I mean, there were, we we got to talk to some young developers and established developers. And the, the bottom line is whenever Apple creates a platform, everyone that, this is an opportunity for like a new land, right? It's like discovery new land. Yeah. Who's who's going to get yeah. to the gold rush first? Who's going to develop first? Who's going to get that killer app that people, you know, right. envy after? And so when you have these new platforms that are there and it's a mainstream type company like Apple, they're all excited, right? They don't even mm. know necessarily what they're going to do with it yet. In fact, the Apple only showed us probably like 10% of what it can do, but everyone there, yeah. there's no one that was you know, to them, this is a new opportunity, no matter what, whether it succeeds or fails in the mainstream, you know, we'll see. I mean, we all know we're all sitting here today. Three thousand five hundred dollars for the general consumer is not a price point that is going to take off. But like to Nick's point, the idea of like this is more a development kit, like most people look at this as like, yes, not only is it Gen 1, you know, we got six to nine months to see what will be the fruits of that labor. It's going to take at least a year or two before we actually see people untap the true potential of this and then yeah. by then you've got to hope that the they there will be either a version that is a little more affordable or they may or may not reduce the price a little but this for what it is how about this if they're pu pushing this as a computer first if you look at the price of a computer let's say a laptop i'm not trying to make anything necessarily equivalent but you know most people are going to spend around 2000 plus on a laptop as their primary machine so if if this is it's not right now. Maybe it will be. We don't know if it will be the next type of computer, but this is what Apple hopes it to be. Then mm. that's not too out of that's not too out of the realm of possibly like I spend for someone who works as a content creator, you know, my laptop cost me like four thousand bucks. So yeah, I'm not saying that I'm going to dive into spatial computing right now, but from a yeah. when I look at that from a standpoint of price. That it's not that crazy. I mean, the very first Motorola cell phone was, I think, four thousand dollars. And if you do like the, you know, the, uh, you know, as as time has gone on, it's it would be technically eleven thousand dollars today. So yeah, yeah. Again, when you look at it, there's a sticker shock, but it's. I'm not saying everyone's gonna go buy it, and I'm not telling everyone to go buy it, but it's not as crazy yeah. as it sounds. Yeah, and it's certainly comparable to the other Apple. I mean, they've got an M2 chip in there, right? Like it's it's comparable to the other Apple pricing on other products that they make. I'm not Nick? justifying, but I'm saying it's not crazy. Uh, I, I there, think that is, it, it, yeah, I think it is interesting to note that is a Vision Pro. It's not a Vision, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, as all the Pro line for Apple, it's a product that is not cheap. Uh, let's not forget that right now technologies uh, that are marked as uh, immersive or gaming or metaversy uh, are used largely in TV production and visual effects. You see the Mandalorian with the t virtual TV sets made with Unreal Engine. So um, and let's not forget that the consumer base of Apple is mainly 
composed by creative and enthusiasts Creators. that are using yeah. the machine right. in, 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 in the, the every possible way to, to do digital content and create videos and so on. So um, I just uh, saw so, something today, actually. I just saw a video today, and it was really inspiring about the Apple Vision Pro. It's uh, Matty. I forget his last name. He's a, a, a photography guy. Brian, you might know him. Uh, but he he went he was at the uh, event and he got a, a hands on sort of time with the device and then he came back and it, it's a twenty minute impassioned discussion of just him sitting in his backyard talking about how this device is going to change filmmaking forever because of the presence and the intimacy that he yep. felt because they had a, a a sequence where you uh, Alicia Keys is singing on a piano and he felt like he had to back up because she was just staring right at the camera right at him and uh it was really like I was moved by how much he was moved he was talking about how emotional he got and how he can't wait to make films using this technology and some of that technology is in the actual headset you can actually yeah. videotape and and take photographs that you can share in the headset that are going to feel like you're actually there, which is, that's a pretty profound piece of this whole puzzle, isn't it? Well, you know, here's the thing that you'll, you'll find. I mean, you know, I know Nick has seen every headset and tried every headset intimately under the sun. And maybe I, I do feel like for whatever reason, it's not even for whatever reason. I think just the, the, this idea of what you're talking about, Vic, the presence, the feel of it, I can tell you when I when I walked out of that thing, it wasn't because I'm a noob to VR or augmented reality experiences. I was blown away by the complete experience, right? Um, mm. Everyone that has tried it on has been blown away. I have not heard a single person who has actually tried on the demo that said this sucks, right? Or that said, and everybody that's impressed. done it has tried oh. other ones. Correct. And they've all they've tried PlayStation and Oculus. Correct. So and and again, they're, they're accomplishing different things, right? This the Apple's not doing this for gaming, right? We. We we yeah, know yeah. that a lot of times with VR headsets, I even did like kind of a general survey about 300 people responded. I think over 60 or 70% of them that owned a VR headset hadn't touched it in three or four months, which tells yeah. you something. And I think a lot of us are like that, right? We try it, yeah, yeah. have some cool experience. We experience it. We put it down. The games haven't been tailored to be, you know, a 40 hour type adventure, right? We're still doing that on a set top box. Um, and so this whole immersive thing that you're talking about, um, I know Nick is familiar, but there's a company called Next VR that has been around, yeah, that had been around for a long while, that delivered immersive experiences, 360, 3D cameras. But at the time, the resolution was like, they started 720p, 1080p was the best you could get. It just wasn't, yeah. the fidelity wasn't there enough. Spatial audio didn't exist. It was cool, but not enough. Well, Apple acquired them three or four years ago. And when they showed this mm -hmm. demo of, it was a montage of Alicia Keys in a studio. You were right there. You were underwater with sharks. You were at a soccer game at the top of the goal. You were at an NBA game behind the stanchion, right? Looking like as if you were a camera right That's below the rim, be right? so huge. People so are going to pay money for that, yes. for sure. So, yeah. they, oh, yeah. you know, you, you extrapolate this, right? Those experiences, again, spatial audio, they're using 8K cameras. Of course, it only can show roughly 4K, but... The thing about Next VR is they had all the pieces in the place. The technology was just ahead of its time. They they did a mm. partnership with the NBA where back in the day, and I did it, you could go to a game. They had their own broadcast, but you could change the camera, five different camera angles within a game in VR. So wow. this is coming. You know, sporting experiences 
entertainment experiences. Apple has the media relationships. Apple has the content relationships. If you're talking they're about what it. makes this, <laughs> if you're, I know people who told me that they're using Apple's cameras right now at Taylor Swift's Eras Tour to capture wow. footage. Right, because so, they've customized separate uh, cameras, like brand made, new cameras taken, and new lenses and new technology. They've taken XVR stuff and just leveled up. They've leveled it up. Wow. So, you know, wow. a lot of times when you talk about these headsets, everyone's looking at a reason of why am I going to come back to this? What is the content that's going to keep me coming back? Sporting live events and access in this way is definitely yeah. one of those ways to do it. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I got excited about that too. And you talk about the spatial, the 3D spatial videos and photos um, that you can take from your camera. It was it was eerie how connected you felt like you were there with a family, but not because it's from your perspective. The right. pictures and photos are only in a square format. So I think that's a limitation of the camera on the headset right now. But it's okay. multiple layers of 3D. It just... The difference is just like the way that it's coming from your eyes, not like you far away. You know, they blew smoke at you with a cake, but it was it was really I could see how powerful that would be if, you know, let's hope we know Apple has an entire product line. Instead of putting it on that headset, they should put it on all their cameras. Damn and right. Man. Capture and then feed that into yeah. it eventually. Well, you I, know, that, that brings I, I up think... a point. And Nick, I want to ask you this because you've seen some really super powerful ones. Why didn't Apple tether because they've got a tether to the battery? Why didn't they tether yeah. to their computer? Why didn't they make this or even wirelessly tether to their computer? Because it's an SDK again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 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 the, the the kind of products that they are uh, creating is uh, uh, basically based on uh, the same technology that you can find on an iPad. And what uh, Brian was saying before, uh, it's... Um, it's true. So it's an ecosystem of services that Apple is going to launch. And very soon it's going to be possible to take videos of those experiences, not just with the Apple Vision Pro or with the Apple Vision when it's going to be launched for the normal public, but also with iPads and uh, uh, smartphones. Let's not forget that wow. right now, the kind of computing power that we have on uh, um, an iPhone is not that far away from an M2 chip. So it's mm, very likely mm -hmm. that in the next two, three years, uh, those mobile devices will reach the, uh, the the computing power of an iPhone. So there are two ways that this kind of product can go. The first one is they miniaturize all the technology when it comes to cameras. They create a better way to visualize information. It is not the waveguide technology that is used right now in the most advanced augmented reality glasses that are on the market, like Microsoft Orleans 2 or Magic Leap 2, uh, because the waveguide has a limitation when it comes to field of view. And obviously, the lower the field of view, the lower is the immersion. So when they're going to come up with something that has a bigger field of view, it's going to feel all your field of view in front of your eyes, then that's a winner. But then there's another problem for the miniaturization and also to create a product that is more accessible to the public. They have to move the computing power from the device itself or to a mobile phone. To the phone. Potentially an iPhone. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Or yeah. to a mobile phone or potentially to the cloud, which is what right. NVIDIA has been doing in the last few years with their cloud XR system. So there is a problem when it comes to computing. Computing requires um, heat dissipation. 
Mm-hmm. And the headset is as big as it is right now, obviously for the lenses that need to visualize the, 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 the image, but also because you need some dissipation from the, from, from the device itself. Um, and, uh, and obviously the, the graphics is, all, is only going to go up in terms of complexity, ray tracing, and so on. So there are only two ways to solve this, or you move this to a completely fully uh, tethered experience or potentially even fully wireless experience with low latency to a mobile device, or you move this completely to the cloud and you sell it as a service. And there are companies that already are pioneering this kind of uh, technology like NVIDIA, but I believe that that's the future where Apple is going at the moment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense to me. That way they don't kill this because the Vision Pro could keep shrinking and then eventually kill this. But if you're using it in the ecosystem and this is doing the compute power for you, plus some camera technology and you have Correct. sunglasses that you put on, that is, yeah. I mean, like that's, that totally is a roadmap right there. Holy yeah, crap. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you ever tried any of those glasses that have speakers inside like this ones. So uh, yeah, once yeah. you have the glasses that have the speakers and you're able to provide good vision when it comes to the, the lenses, at the end of the day, if the computing power is done in the cloud via 5 or 6G or Wi-Fi 7 when they're going to arrive or is done directly from your device, as long as it's going to be like low latency and good computing power, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the good thing yeah. is that's, if you think about the kind of application that are going to be built right now, the M2 chip is available basically on any MacBook Air that you buy base, any um, um, uh, sorry iPad Pro that is available right now. And obviously yeah. what you can do is to eventually use uh, the SDK that is also compatible with uh, uh, the iPad Pro to build wow. augmented reality experiences and eventually distribute on different ways on different devices. Exactly as right now, you can use an iPhone application on an iPad that you're going to potentially be able to use a Vision or Vision Pro application on, a, on an iPad Pro because it's the same chip. It's basically the same operative system. is Linux-based operative system. doesn't right. require recompilation. We, it's completely built in Swift. Brian, were you guys talking about this? All of you guys that got hands-on, were you talking about the roadmap and and you know some of the things that you're kind of crystal balling on? on uh, uh, you know where where because Apple's now put their flag in the ground. There is no way back, as Nick said. Where's this leading? What do you think? Well, I mean, let's be honest here. Apple only answers and tells you what they want to tell. They wouldn't even tell me the field of view. They wouldn't tell me yeah. uh, officially the refresh rate, but at least developer uh, sessions have revealed at least that it's 90 hertz, but goes up to 96 when you're watching 24 frames per second video so that you don't have any judder. It's a multiple, um, right? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but from a feature standpoint and tech specs, they were staying away from all of it. They didn't even tell us if it's Wi-Fi. I, I asked the questions, right? But they they would only give us nuggets about um, how it's used. For example, I I dug into because they wouldn't answer those things. I dug into the question about the battery. Right, it has a tethered battery, and I said, hey, is there any battery power on this headset? If you need to hot swap it, and they said no. So if you're watching a movie like Avatar: Way of Water, and that movie's over two hours, if this battery is really two hours. Once you disconnect it, they said it's powers down and you put in. I was like, oh, really? I was I was kind of surprised. But hey, that, at least that was a question they answered for me that they never talked yeah. about. Right. And so. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. 
and then the, this idea, they also said that, okay, well, you know, we haven't released the full battery specs and it'll depend on what you're doing, whether maybe it's computing versus watching a video. And a lot of the questions asked where we'll have more to reveal later. So, and again, the right. experience they showed us was just a scratch of the surface of what they wanted to show us. Gaming doesn't seem to be a priority here. And I also think we yeah, know this historically, gaming is a weak spot for Apple too. And why is that? I mean, that's what I was tweeting about. It's like, you know, you guys know I like video games. That's not, <laughs> not a surprise. But <laughs> why, why, why can't Apple just bite the bullet and get into it? They have all the money. They have the cool tech. I mean, that's nothing's going to like use that tech better than video games. Why don't they want to just go into it? Nick, jump in. You had some, you had an ex reaction. I, I'd like to hear what you said first. Okay. Um, there are two things that clearly show that that device is not a consumer device. And as I said, it's an SDK. Uh, obviously, the main unique selling point and the main use case for a device like that is gaming, obviously. Uh, yeah. But a virtual reality device without controllers obviously cannot be used for gaming. Yeah. And they, they, they didn't show any controller yet. However, there is there are three pieces of information that are very, very interesting here. Yeah. The first one, they launched recently uh, the Metal 3 API that supports mm -hmm. also the Metal FX upscaling, which is an advanced temporal uh, upscaling system that is similar to what uh, NVIDIA launched, uh, uh, sorry, um, AMD launched uh, with the FX, um, like probably like FSR. a year ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah FS, FSR 2.0 about a year ago. Um, and and it works really, really well. And if you play games like No Man's Sky, or if you play games like uh, Resident Evil 8 on an M2 chip, you can see that even on a MacBook Air, it works really well. Like we're talking about 60 frames per second on a base M a MacBook Air and goes up to 120 frames per second on a MacBook Pro which is pretty outstanding for a first generation awesome. system for gaming, right? So it's great. Yep, yep. Um, and also it's interesting to notice that the first two big AAA games that have been announced for the Mac systems, they both support right. VR. VR games, right? Yes, very good. <laughs> they both support VR out of the box. No Man's Sky supports VR on the PlayStation VR on PC. And uh, uh, Resident Evil 8 is incredible on the PlayStation VR 2. So obviously, if the, the code base has been ported, the user interface and the interaction are easy peasy to port on another system. So it's, it's interesting that Apple didn't use this kind of slingshot in order to position the headsets as a potential I hand spec computer uh, a gaming device for gamers that wants to experience fantastic games in VR. Again, as I said, it's interesting because I believe that this is an SDK and they presented it as w at WWDC, which is the developer conference. But I believe that Apple is finally getting serious into uh, for, uh, when it comes to gaming. First, as I said, because they launched the Metal 3 APIs with upscaling, this is a lot of work. You know, you do yeah. R&D, you put a lot of people to do low-level APIs, uh, you create a new technology, it works really well. But also, um, as I posted again on my LinkedIn, has been unveiled that in the new uh, Metal 3 SDK, 
there is a PC gaming emulator that runs every DirectX 12 game on Mac, including Ray Tracing 1. And this is with and the new Mac it. OS. Yes, and they did with a new SDK for developer. And they did it yeah. to show them that if the game runs well with the emulator, that it's basically using a similar layer to the one that is used right now from the Steam Deck. Steam Deck from Valve is using a translation, translation layer that's called Proton that is built for Linux-based operating system like the Steam OS, exactly like the Mac OS. Uh, they're both Linux-based operating system that is able to right. translate the API from DirectX 12 into Vulkan for the Steam Deck and into Metal 3 when it comes to macOS. So yeah. uh, if you if the game runs well there in the emulator on macOS, it will be very easy to translate into native uh, M2 macOS Swift-based code base. And this is interesting because basically uh, also the presence of Ideo Kojima. Yes, I was going to say that. That's a big the, hit. The, 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 one of the top three game designers in the world right now, along with uh, Miyamoto, uh, and, 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 and probably uh, um, Sid Meier. Another couple of others right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. It, it, it's super important. Apple is getting serious about gaming. It has been long in the making, but finally it's there. But there's a third, there's a fourth piece of information that I believe that is a little bit weird from my point of view, uh, which is the uh, new Vision Pro is only compatible with Unity and not with Unreal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, right. Mm-hmm. Currently. So it's, it's currently. currently not compatible with Unreal. Uh, and there must, I, 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 truly believe that this is due to the lawsuit that is happening between Apple and Epic Games, which is pretty big. Yeah, right. So when it comes to strategy and the business, there are a lot of moving parts, but in the, in, 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 you know, in, in the, if you go in the backstage, obviously there are some strategies that are happening from uh, a lawsuit standpoint and from uh, uh, you know, b- behind the scenes standpoint related to what uh, Epic Games started claiming from uh, that Apple is killing the market because they're getting too much money from the 30% cut of their Apple store and so on, while Apple saying it's fair because we are providing an infrastructure, we're providing a platform. So I'm super curious to see how this is going to develop because let's not forget, I mean, a real, a real engine is probably one of the most important engine nowadays when it comes to game development oh, yeah. and if Absolutely. the apple yeah if, if the apple ecosystem is not going to be able to support this kind of engine it's going to be a big problem for apple if they want to get serious into gaming brian did you hear any intimation or hints that that apple's taking a little bit more seriously on the floor or when you chatted with people about games well we i mean this has been a theme in the apple community for generations right yeah when will they take gaming seriously and all the things that Nick said we're encouraging points. I think I'm not a skeptic on it, but I, I'm more waiting. I'm still wait and see because we haven't been right. shown all these years. For example, Hideo Kojima came out and everyone was like freaking excited. And it was Death Stranding Director's Cut, which has been out. You know, a lot of the yeah. games that have come to the Mac, although, yes, they do have um, ties to VR. No Man's Sky, I mean, it came to the Mac like, what, three? Is it four years after it first? You know, it, they come. Yeah three or four years later and everyone who's a real, I don't want us to use this word in a offensive, a real gamer. People yeah. know what I'm saying. 
you're going to yeah. be playing those games in the first year. Okay. Maybe yeah. first six yeah. months, not yeah. four yeah. years later. Right. Um, Four right. years later is I happen to buy a Mac and I want to revisit this when I'm on my plane ride and I have nothing else to do. Right. I, there's <laughs> not, there's not Mac gamers that are seeking. If you're, if you're really seeking out the top tier games, you're, you have another way to do it. So that's one thing. I think the other issue that has been historically plaguing the Apple community when it comes to gaming is the game studios have certain budgets. And when we've, we, when they're developing for a console or multiple consoles, they have budgets for that. They don't have budgets to then build an iOS or a Mac OS app. And Apple's trying to make it easier now, right? With this yeah, metal framework. Yeah. But even at that, it Apple needs to make it so easy that someone can basically run it through and essentially maybe put in a, a week of extra work and push publish. Yeah. Like that's how easy yeah. it has to be for these game studios to, to really jump on board. Because even if let's say they make all these games for the Mac, the Mac community, what we talked about typically ends to be general consumers are higher end creatives that don't look at their machines as gaming machines. And I know they, the, this is a little chicken, chicken, egg not thing, do right? that. Yeah, right? exactly. This is yeah. all chicken before yeah. the egg. Are you going to do it? Will you do it? Well, at least the proof in the pudding will be as if Here's they the do it, challenge will we finally Vision see some Pro gaming? Will have, though. Here's the challenge that Vision Pro will have because every other VR set and company out there is going to look at all of the features and all the technology that Apple's going to come to market with. And it will be, uh, you know, leading for a certain amount of time. But then as we see with every competitor to Apple, Companies catch up and they have all kinds of other things that are uh, very comparable, you know, or better in mm -hmm, some cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, a lot of Android Absolutely. fans out there would say Apple's behind Absolutely. on a lot of features, right? So Absolutely. we're going to see that happen on less expensive VR sets and, and AR sets by companies that aren't afraid to use the terms AR and VR. And they're going to have games. And if Vision doesn't have games, which we three and I think many others can agree is the primary kind of feature, you know, you know, blast of escapism that VR can provide. If, if Vision Pro doesn't have that type of entertainment, they're going to be way behind on on uh, in the competitive landscape out there. And look, I think you're 100 percent right. I also think that Apple wants this to be more of an entertainment device that no one has. Like they're okay with, they're okay. They want to, of course, Apple wants to make money and succeed in gaming and will do what they can. But I think if you look yeah. at the overhead view of how they've presented this, they're not thinking of gaming as a top priority for this, right? It's computer, unique yeah. um, media experiences, and then maybe gaming, right? If you look at- Which is how, so weird to, because the, uh, the iOS store- it's all free to play content, but they get a 30% cut off of every single thing. And so games probably bring them more money in terms of a service than anything else that they have in their whole lineup. I would, you know, I, mean, I think they make more from, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think they make more from services specific to iOS than they do in selling iPhones. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong, but they make so much money after this hardware has been picked up. And they're already making billions of dollars from games. And they've tried, like, I like Apple Arcade, but why not pivot and go deeper into it? I, I mean, the, the one way to look at it also is just like every company, um, you can tell that Apple's other products, when you talk about operating systems, 
This year was a pretty skinny year, and you can tell they pushed all their resources towards doing everything they could to possibly make this headset as good as they could. You know, they yeah. you can take you can take the games from iOS and Apple Arcade, and you they they didn't go into it, but yeah, you know, if these are touch touch and click games, you'll be able to use it, and it won't be an immersive gaming experience. It'll be looking at a floating screen, and you know, right. if you have a controller, they showed NBA Two K on. Sure, you can do that, but that's already that's already there, and it's nothing unique. And I, I from what the way that they presented it in that room, right? It's yeah. all about unique experiences over gaming. And if they can crack that nut and it can be appealing, uh, you know, look, if you and I are going to pay, if a, if we someone buys this headset, are they going to, and they feel like more comfortable at home? We've seen how pandemic has changed, how people even feel about going out to live things. It's changed our psychology yeah. a little bit. If yeah. I could buy yeah. a ticket and sit front row and, and I feel truly immersed 360 at my favorite uh, band, I, I want to go to the band, first of all, right? Let's, let's get that away. Yeah. But- at another time, yeah. if I can experience that in another way, and it's like yeah. two hundred dollars, I, I'll probably do that if it's really that good. Well, you know what? To something that to circle back on what we talked about, I shot some pretty damn impressive four K video clips of the Death Cab for Cutie concert I was at last night, and they look pretty good on my phone. And my wife shared it on social media and stuff. But if I could shoot, you, you know. Uh, spatial video on my iPhone and then play it back on my vision pro and feel like I was really there. That's a whole other thing too. Holy crap. Right. Yeah, and social media too, I think becomes a very different experience as well. If it's experiential like that and less it's, about just a, a 2d static thing. Again, you know, there's a barrier entry. You have to put on a headset, but I don't yeah. think anyone has nailed um, nailed yet from a mainstream standpoint an experiential type device that makes you want to come back for more. We haven't seen that yet. And I think that's, that's one of the things that Apple is trying to tap into. Right. Uh, Nick, do you think I, Apple's going to be the, go ahead. No, I, I wanted to say that uh, I think that's the inflation point of this, the adoption of this device is, is going to happen when the real killer application for those devices, right. which we don't even probably so, know. Right. We don't even, we, we, this, we, this is yeah, exactly going to be developed. Exactly. So this is exactly when the first Apple Watch has been launched. It was an Apple Watch. They didn't sold a lot of them. Uh, they didn't sell much. So uh, it, it took a direction towards a sort of a health and fitness fitness device. And now people are right. buying it so because as all those yeah. uh, health check features, it checks your heartbeat. It checks your if you fall. So they they took the direction that the development community wanted the device to have. Uh, and 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 mm. the consumers were interested about, and this is interesting because obviously Apple has all the statistics about the apps that are downloaded on that those devices and all the apps that are used on those devices. So it's going to be able to understand the direction where the devices has to go in terms of features, marketing, positioning, target audience, and so on, based right. on what are the applications that are the most downloaded, the 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 the, the best rated, and so on. So uh, this this is a, a, an interesting thing. Another thing from 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 my perspective is that um, Apple has been very brave to introduce the photorealistic avatars, which is something that mm -hmm. has been told many 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 times by Meta with their codec avatars, and uh, that Meta probably uh, refrained. From launching uh, 
because obviously it's something that is uh, potentially dangerous when it comes to impersonation, digital identity, and so on. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, Apple, because obviously they don't control the full ecosystem when it comes to digital identity and login, while Apple can do it. Apple can do the scan with their Apple phone and broadcast everything that is uh, uh, encrypted in their Apple phone to the Apple visor that gets the data and can authenticate the user through the retina scan that is Apple and eventually broadcast the photorealistic image of the user into a multi-user environment. And and this is something that is very interesting and something that has has been that's full explored. metaverse that we're talking about here, isn't it? Too, you're creating that, that, your that's avatar. Full met- yep. Yeah, that's, that's full metaverse. Is, is, is that is telepresence, but also opens up some very interesting use cases when it comes to seeing your loved ones that you don't see very often, see your family taking those oh, videos that pass of away, your- man. You know? I mean, yeah, with programmat- programmatically generated content and chat GPT, uh, mm. large language model kind of stuff, obviously you can interact yeah. with those photorealistic avatars. I mean, it's easy. I mean, I-, I-, I think that you remember that beautiful movie called Strange Days from Catherine Bigelow, right? So yes. yeah. uh, we, are, we, we, are, we are getting into that era. Uh, the, the, the concept of reality itself uh, is going to change. I'm a big fan of uh, um, uh, McLuhan. And, and and at the end of the day, the, 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 the medium is the message. So at the end of the day, if you think about what happened uh, the, with mobile devices that changed forever the way that we communicate with other people, mm-hmm. reality devices like virtual reality, augmented reality devices will change forever the way that we perceive reality itself. What is real and what is not real? Right now, already we have multiple identities and multiple realities when it comes to LinkedIn, with Facebook, with Instagram, with TikTok, and so on. And uh, online when games this kind of con- exactly when when this yeah. kind of uh, experience is gonna bleed into our real world, when with one click we're gonna be able to replace the face of everybody that is around us with Brad Pitt face or Margot Robbie's face. That's going to be uh, Star Trek oh or sci-fi stuff, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, always thinking of Terminator. I'm always thinking of uh, give me your pants and your boots and your motorcycle. I'm always thinking of <laughs> everybody's just and scanning. Sizes you. <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting. What Nick said is, you know, in my other podcasts, one of my first reactions after I saw Apple calls it their digital persona, and I mean, it passes. It's pretty good. It's like, I would say it's like 92% human that it's more than believable. It's first, it's weird because wow. you're looking at something, you know, it's not real, but it is real, but it's not right. really real. But once you kind of get over psyching yourself out, it became very normal, just more because the the cameras inside that are scanning the subtleties and how you, you know, move your eyebrows, your cheekbones, your actual, you know, your iris, your pupil is moving around. Like you can see these details, you know, that you just normally couldn't. And when I got out of that, I just said like, Okay, you know, this has been what Facebook has spent basically fifty billion dollars to do and pursue. Right. And in when Apple has everything lined up that Nick talked about about the privacy that's put in there, right? All the technology that's put in there. Apple basically without even making it a key feature that they talk about, they could, if they wanted to, basically create this whole avatar metaverse. It right. even scans your hands. Yeah. Like a lot of people didn't see this, but when you when you do this, the whole finger touch thingy, you first put your palms out. When when the when I was doing a FaceTime call and this person had that digital persona avatar talking to me, when her hands came up, it moved like hands. And I, I actually <laughs> oh, taken aback awesome. because normally we're used to just seeing this, just shoulder, yeah. 
uh, very yeah. animated in head and all of a sudden her hands came and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they're like, oh yeah, I can scan yeah. your hands if you're doing hand movements. And I'm those like, are CG hands. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, so, are, do, you, so do you think Apple's going to pop uh, Ernie Klein into one of the vision pros and, and get him to talk know, about ready man. player one. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they, 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 I don't know if you saw uh, people pointed out that in Apple's promo, there is a shot of the young man putting on the headset that is pays homage to the shot in ready player one when he puts on Which the headset. So, right. Well, you got to at so least, good. at least acknowledge the inspiration and life imitating. <laughs> totally. Art. But, but the fact that they've out met over, they've done what Facebook has been time out for, for years and without making a priority right now, they have it all. The technology is all there. If they wanted to do it, they could. They're not going to call it the metaverse. They never would. Maybe it's you, yeah. uh, three of us going to a, a live concert and we're like sitting next to each other and we can see each other. Like, that's whatever Apple's versus whatever the Apple versus, but it's there. Like it's actually there and people trust it because of their right. general hard right. line on privacy. Like I don't trust yeah. the codec avatars, the demos they've shown again, those are demos um, that we haven't experienced in life or person. I haven't, they look incredible, but Apple has an avatar that I've now seen functioning that is going to roll out in the beginning of uh, next year. And I trust my data with them more than any other tech company today. Right. That means something in this new reality. Yeah. Good God. Gentlemen, we can keep talking forever. This is such a massive topic. And I think what we should do is plan to uh, uh, reconvene um, maybe when the dates are announced and and uh, more pricing information and maybe some of the uh, first apps and all that stuff. But uh, it's been such a treat to have you both. And I knew that you guys would have just a wonderful insight. And I really hope that you guys can connect and have an offline chat and, and meet up in person at some point. Um, you're I got to get both people you guys to try the headset on. I got to get both you guys to try that headset on. And, and my, you're my, <laughs> you know, I, I know Nick's seen a lot. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've seen a lot. I don't know how good it is. I mean, I've covered tech for 20 years and it blew me away. And I normally I would not react like this if it wasn't something special, right? So who knows? That's very cool. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you, Brian. Go ahead, Nick. Jens has been a treat. Thank you so much for having me. Brian, it's been a pleasure to meet you, Vic. Yes, Nick. This is a dream come true to be with you here doing this recording. Thank you Legendary. so much. Legendary. Vic's the legend, baby. Oh, you guys are the best. Legendary, Thank you so baby. much. Thank you all for watching and listening. Make sure uh, you're subscribing and following and liking and all that stuff, reviewing. We'll see you soon. And until then, play forever.